G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's take a little time to talk about something we don't often get to get into any depth on. And it's an issue of brokenness. Because as you look around and as you're even in your own church experience, hearing the sorts of things that you might be hearing from your pulpit from the lips of your pastor or your priest leader, sometimes it's easy to miss the depth of what it is to truly be a follower of Christ. Bill Muhlenberg has been writing about some issues this week. One of his articles has been entitled, The Blessedness of Brokenness. Bill Muhlenberg's back with us. Hi, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, what inspires you to write about brokenness this week? Well, good question. Uh, I was just thinking as I was writing it, probably those who perhaps may have experienced it a bit will readily relate and say, yep, yep, yep. But those who maybe haven't will kind of scratch their head and say, what? Blessed that and brokenness? Uh, Well, you know, how does that uh, compute? (laughs) So partly it is something that, you know, Hopefully God is doing in the lives of all believers, but there is, a, I suppose, a more specific reason. I just recently came back from Perth where I was doing some ministry, and uh, there's, I've got, as you might know, being a book lover, I've always got lists of books I'm trying to find. So I found myself in a Christian bookstore just before I was leaving for the airport. I looked in the section of books by John Bunyan, the famous Puritan, of course, who wrote The Pilgrim's Progress. But one of the books I've been looking for for a while, and I hate to say it, I only just picked it up then at the store, was The Acceptable Sacrifice, kind of a short, in fact, the last uh, book, really, that John Bunyan wrote before he died. And all that it is is a little over 100 pages expositing on one verse, right? Psalm fifty-one, seventeen: The Sacrifices of God. Our broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. So it's a great book, read it, uh, wrote a piece on it, and gave some actually examples of some people I know, some great Christians who are champions exactly because they're in many ways broken Christians. Well, Bill, it's interesting to write about being broken, and what you do is contrast what that brokenness might mean compared to the sorts of messages and I know you're being general in the way that you do say this but describing some messages that you might hear and perhaps we might be talking about various churches or various tele preachers uh, Mm. the idea of a feel-good self-affirming humanistic mush as you've called it uh, those sorts of messages those for some of us is the sort of messages that we hear regularly but you've got this brokenness message in contrast to the sorts of messages people typically hear Mm. Yeah, well, certainly we expect the world to, you know, kind of be scratching their heads 
what? There's value and virtue and brokenness and contrition and being on your knees and humiliation. Uh, you know, the world certainly won't get that message. But as you say, sadly, many churches today don't seem to get it either. They're all about self-actualization and, you know, self-esteem and having a good positive self-image and being rich, being healthy, being successful, being a leader, being strong, being assertive. Uh, you know, when all of Scripture actually goes the other way, where strength is found in weakness, right? Leadership is found in being a servant. Uh, all the values of the world, and sadly of many churches, are simply radically turned upside down. It's not by asserting ourselves and being uh, having our act all together and getting what we want and having our best life now. That's actually not quite the Christian message. Uh, the message is God is near to the brokenhearted. There's so many passages like that in the Bible. He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So the whole tenor of Scripture is, well, just like our Lord himself, humility, brokenness, contrition. That's the person God looks to, and that's usually the person God uses. But uh, kind of proud and self-reliant and look at me, aren't I clever and aren't I good? Uh, they're, they're usually not the kind of people God's going to run with. And interesting here, you know, driving the nice car, living in the nice house, having the great self-esteem, having a wonderful self-image. These are the sorts of aspirations that we're all raised to look to. Uh, mm-hmm. And yet... Uh, how that might look in the context of uh, brokenness and going through difficulties, mm-hmm. experiencing humiliation. Uh, these sorts yeah. of things are not the things that we easily think we ought to aspire to, Bill. Yeah, well, that's right. And in fact, some theologies, really false theologies, you know, the prosperity gospel, name it and claim it, which says if you're a good Christian, you're going to be a wealthy Christian. If you're somehow poor or impoverished, or you must be a bad Christian. You don't have enough faith. You need to, you know, name it and claim it. So we even have whole theologies that are running dead set against what Scripture has to say. And, of course, as with all things, we need balance here. We're not talking about being flat out on your face before God 24-7. Uh, you know, there is a place for joy, for the joy of the Lord. Now, that often does come out of brokenness, of being humble before God. So usually if you want the one, you got to go through the other. But uh, sure, we can, you know, we're not talking about going around flogging ourselves and, you know, living in a cave and throwing away all of our possessions. But I would say the problem in the West for the church is not quite that problem. It's the opposite problem. As you say, we have everything, we're rich, we're full, and yet we have impoverished spirits. Our spirituality is uh, so very shallow compared to suffering Christians in other countries that, uh, hey, I think we're missing something. Again, if God blesses you with wealth and this and that, well, fine, that's good. Use it for the kingdom. But we've basically allowed the values and mindset of the West, the secular West, to determine what a good Christian is when it's, in fact, exactly the opposite. Bill, you've quoted some sections of your new book. I think it's your new book that you're quoting. And uh, with this suggestion that 
A broken heart is something of the handiwork of God himself. Mm-hmm. In fact, the idea that when you've gone through the hardships and brokenheartedness, that God has used that in his own preparation for mm-hmm. what he has for you. What are your thoughts on understanding God's ways being a whole lot different and higher than our ways and higher than our understanding and the way that he uses the circumstances of our lives to prepare us for what we'll do? Yeah, well, Bunyan, like all of the Puritans, just spends a whole lot of detail. I mean, again, 120 pages to look at one verse. (laughs) That's what the Puritans did. They really got into it hardcore. Today, we'd be lucky to get one verse preached from the pulpit. It's mostly feel-good sermons and self-help gobbledygook. But uh, Bunyan certainly got into this. So, yeah, he, he spoke about that and so many related things he mentions, for example, this idea of a sacrifice of a broken spirit, he looks at, uh, right, Abraham, who, of course, had to sacrifice his own son. But what happened? It was really God himself who provided the sacrifice. So even in all this, we really have to give glory to God and say it's his doing. Sure, we cooperate. We have a place to play, staying humble before our Lord, staying on our faces before God, but even he does the work. He does the breaking. He does the uh, offering of any sacrifices needed. But as I also quote in my piece, he offers the tonic or the medicine. He is uh, the great healer, the great restorer. So he breaks, but he breaks in love. He breaks because he cares about us so much that he knows we can't keep going in our proud and hard ways. But he not only breaks, but he restores. He'll provide that medicine. He'll, he is the balm of Gilead. So, you know, an article like this on brokenness, I suppose you'd have to read one of my other pieces on the, you know, the great healer, how Christ himself is near to the brokenhearted. So it goes together. We're not just talking about masochism and beating yourself up all the time, but we need to be repentant and broken before the Lord and uh, even that, in many ways, is God's work, and he provides the remedy as well. Tonics and medications. In fact, one of the quotes that you do use in your latest article is that God has cordials. Uh, now, that's an interesting way to talk about <laughs> things that are nice, that are good, that are satisfying, fulfilling, but he's using those cordials to comfort them that are cast down. What are your thoughts for, uh, that's another quote from uh, John Bunyan. That's right. Yeah, look, well, partly we think of cordial today as, you know, lemon or lime cordial. I think the word itself probably had a, a fuller meaning back then, more of a tonic or a medicine. But, yeah, he uh, a really great quote to that effect, which I included in my piece. God does, again, provide all of that if he provides the much-needed surgery, uh, which most of us want to run away from and not even allow him to do it. He also provides the healing, the tonic, the comfort that we need, not just as we go through it, but then the benefits that flow from it. So it's, uh, again, a package deal. We, We cooperate with God. But really, from beginning to end, it is his work, and uh, we really should fear not. He is the great physician, and uh, if he does have to break us, if he has to wound us, it's certainly for our own good, and you'll certainly do it as a most loving, 
Heavenly Father could do it. Uh, you know, we may not like it. We want to run away from the operating table. We say enough is enough, but he knows how much is enough for us. And again, he loves us too much to leave us just as we are, so he's willing to, well, if it, if it means a bit of adversity at time or hardship or being humbled, maybe even publicly humiliated, uh, plenty of Christian leaders in the past could attest to all those kind of things. Not pleasant at the time, but you look back and you say, well, thank you, God, that you cared about me so much. You were willing to take me through all that. Bill, sometimes going through brokenness is involuntary, but is there a voluntary brokenness uh, that perhaps we need to have an aspiration for? Uh, None of us wants the hardship. None of us wants to uh, be almost... None of us wants the Job story. But what about a voluntary brokenness? Because I suspect Mm -hmm. that is what we're called to be, even if we're not going involuntarily through the sorts of brokenness and hardships we've been discussing. Yeah, well, quite right. Uh, As you say, it's uh, not the medicine most people like, including most Christians, but it really is the most important medicine. So, yeah, sometimes, well, look, I've prayed this prayer many times, and maybe you have as well. Lord, make me willing to be willing, right? (laughs) We may not even be willing to say, God, I want you to break me, I want you to melt me and mold me and make me and use me, as one of the old hymns went. You know, even that desire may be quite weak or absent on our part. So sometimes all you can do is get on your face before God and say, Lord, I really don't want your discipline, your loving fatherly discipline, as Hebrews talks about, but I know I need it, I know I need to become closer to you. So, Lord, at this stage, all I can say is, make me willing to be willing. And even that kind of prayer, I think God will answer. It's really the desire of our heart. Do we want the best from God? Well, if we do, then we need to be willing to take the methods that God so often uses to get the best. And that will, well, almost always, it seems, include some kind of element of brokenness. And Bill, if we all as Christian believers aspire to be like Christ, then somehow or other that brokenness is going to be a part of how we conform to his image. And a wonderful article that you have written, thought-provoking, and let me point listeners to it. It's called The Blessedness of Brokenness. And you'll be able to read it online. Simply go to billmuhlenberg.com or you can simply Google Culture Watch, one word, and you'll find Bill's latest articles. Bill Muhlenberg, always thrilled to get some great insights from you each week. Thanks so much for being with us once again today on 2020. Many thanks. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.